Good morning. Today's message is from Luke 11. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, would give a snake instead of a fish? Or, if the child asks for an egg, would give a scorpion? If you, then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Word of God, word of life. You may be seated. Thanks, Dan. Let's pray. God, uh, we are here together, and we need to hear again what you're doing in the world, and that each of us has a part of that. And uh, we've made space in our day, and we trust that you will speak. And sometimes your Holy Spirit is hard to understand because it is invisible at times, and we wonder where your presence is, but this is your promise when we speak your word, when we gather together, that the Spirit is here. So we hold on tight, God, to that promise for your Spirit to take us to the places and the people that we need to go to, and even for today, to give us faith in our hearts. Amen. So when I was young, I went to the bank with my dad every Saturday. This was long before debit cards or mobile apps or direct deposit, and my dad would drive to the bank to deposit his paycheck and get cash for the week. And I would get a donut hole and a little glass of juice while I waited for him. And then one Saturday, I noticed a huge stuffed dog in the lobby. It was a St. Bernard, and it was six feet tall and four feet wide. And it had a barrel on its collar that was a real piggy bank. And my mind spun with glee. I couldn't stop thinking about it. I wanted that dog. And they happened to be having a drawing for that dog. So I wrote my name, Beth Wilkie, 4573942, on a little piece of paper. And I folded it, and I placed it in the big plastic box. And you could enter each time you came to the bank, so you could be sure that every single Saturday until that drawing, I was there. I was persistently entering my name to win the dog. My name was not selected in the drawing. But come to find out, the persons whose name was drawn 
decided that they really didn't want a six-foot-tall St. Bernard stuffed dog with a piggy barrel around its neck. And so she said, give it to someone else. Draw another name, and this time I hope it's a kid. And my name was drawn the second time. (laughs) I think this was my first memory of being persistent with something and a significant example to me of someone considering the needs of someone else instead of themselves. I wouldn't have won the dog if I had not put my name in that box And I would not have won that dog unless this person saw beyond who she was and decided to extend joy to someone else. Jesus is teaching us about prayer today from Luke's Gospels, and his words stretch us to a wider view of God's vision for the world. And these words come right after Jesus tells a teaching story about a person who knocked so loudly on a friend's door in the middle of the night because he did not have enough bread to feed a visitor who came to see him. The person who was knocking would not give up helping another, even if it was disruptive. In the original Greek language of the New Testament, the verbs ask, search, and knock used in this story are in the active present tense. Like the asking, the searching, and the knocking is ongoing even now as we read it. And asking and searching and knocking are not verbs in your head. They're engaged activities. You need to speak to ask. You need to look if you're going to search. And you need to use your hands to knock, to make our request known. And what Jesus speaks of today is that God does not tire of us asking, searching, and knocking. In fact, God loves it. And God promises to respond to find and open a door. But you see, God is not like a divine vending machine where we put in money and then it dispenses out whatever is on our wish list. God's love is far deeper and wider than that. Jesus is teaching us that God so wants his vision of life for all people that he will respond when we ask and help us find and open doors to make this happen when we are looking out for the needs of others. And what happens is when we care for someone else, we are also cared for. As parents and guardians, Of course, we want a good, rich life for our kids. And Jesus says, how much more does God want a good, full life for every person in this world, a world that God loves so much? 
Back in 2013, Mount Olivet decided that we really wanted to look ahead to what our future may be, but we had to review our story of the past and present in order to do so. And so we invited, invited leaders among us, you even here, to champion this work, and we started with some really simple practices like we picked a dwelling verse for one year and we listened and dwelt in that word. We still do that now. And we speak that scripture and we try our very best to sit in quiet for 90 seconds and then we share what questions do we have? Where did we connect with it? And we share that out loud. And what we trust is that God is speaking through this living word and through the voices of other people. And we really started listening to each other and to our neighbors and to other community organizations. And what we realized was our work at Mount Olivet was not to dispense stuff to the community. We also were called to receive from each other and the community that it went both ways. And we try and we continue to do if we find an experience where we really felt God's presence, to name it, and if there was a place we thought, hmm, I get a sense God is calling us there, to investigate that. And then to make priorities and strategic plans to do these bold things, and then when we did, to reflect on what we learned. And then in 2016, after a lot of listening and conversation, I stood up here at church and I asked all of us, how do you think we should respond as a church? And everyone received a sticky note and we stuck ideas on the back wall outside. And it was like those sticky notes were little knocks on the door. And we spent several years reading them and organizing them and it was clear that the land that Mount Olivet was on was a rich gift and very unique that we had so much of it and that we were nestled up against a regional park and apartment buildings and a neighborhood and a cemetery and a chapel. And so we designed and created a labyrinth a place to use our bodies in prayer, and we invited the communities to use it. The gardens were expanded, and people with amazing gardening gifts wanted a place to dig in. And I have to tell you, this year alone, those gardens produced 2,000 pounds of fresh vegetables. That's a ton of vegetables. And all of it was given away to people who do not have ample access to fresh food. There are 11 gardeners, Mount Olivet members and others, who plan and plant and weave, harvest and prune. And they take root, growing 27 varieties of crops. This garden was featured on Plymouth's Garden Tour. And then there was a group of people that said, how about native plants and native grasses? How could our land produce those? And so people just donated 
a native plant and planted it. So out by the labyrinth now, we have memorial gardens filled with native plants. And we have people tending that area. We never ask them. They want to do it. It's their spiritual gift. And we call this open grounds. There was a lot of other sticky notes that said, we need to feed people at Mount Olivet. Hunger is a need even in the suburbs. And our 1968 kitchen needed some work. So in January of 2019, we hearkened a hope to upgrade our outdated kitchen to commercial grade and partner with Loaves and Fishes to serve a weekly community meal. And the goal was outrageous, to raise $500,000 without debt before construction would begin. And through the generosity of you and a wide community, we exceeded that goal and raised $640,000 in three months. Construction was completed in November of 2019, and the weekly meal commenced in December. We hired a kitchen manager, Melissa Bondhus, and we have a pool of over 150 volunteers from Mount Olivet and outside the community who are called around feeding people, and this group of people is also being fed because they're contributing. And so they prep, and they serve, and they clean up, and they distribute. And even as COVID hit in 2020, and public gatherings and community meals were shut down, we con continued in a to-go model, serving meals each week, and we are expected to exceed 20,000 meals in January of 2023. And we call this Open Tables. Now, we certainly hope that the space could be used for healing and play. We certainly wanted to feed people within the community, but all these other stories of impact emerged beyond what we can imagine, and that would be our goal, to hear all these smaller stories of impact. You see, we asked, and we searched, and we knocked, and a future revealing God's kingdom in the here and now in Plymouth, Minnesota emerged and God is in this community of Mount Olivet. We call this our Be Open vision. And it's been challenging and messy and life-giving. And the Be Open vision still has energy and it's leading us today. We are knocking still, Mount Olivet, asking God, okay, what's next for us now? So today we begin the third phase of Mount Olivet's Be Open vision, and it's called Open Doors. And there's two doors that we are knocking on. The first is this screen door. And this door, when opened, opens up everything that 2023, this next year, that will happen at Mount Olivet. It's a screen because we kind of can see in, but not fully. Everything we do here at Mount Olivet happens because of your generosity. We receive no other funding than the generosity of you, the members of this community. And so we ask once again for every family to contribute financially to the mission and ministry at Mount Olivet. Your generosity made this morning happen. Worship, it fuels the leadership 
the creativity, the wherewithal of our staff, the music that you get to take in and participate in, the technology, which is a basic live stream in everything. We started with nothing. And we have this amazing tech staff to lead us through this, to be able to offer hybrid alternatives to meetings and gatherings, special services, weddings and funerals and baptisms, all the programs. This year, we made a decision to hire a full-time children's ministry leader because we knew 20 hours was not enough. To lead kids and families around nurturing faith and lead all of us to be partners with kids in their faith development requires leadership. And so Pace Warfield May joined us in August and joins with Rich Holloway, who leads middle and high school and Pastor Kristen. Their work is to nurture faith in kids and equip parents to nurture faith. The primary influencer in the faith development in kids happens in the home. And so here at church, we say, parents, guardians, we're here to partner with you, to equip you, to connect with faith. And these kids are amazing. You're not here on Wednesdays because you're here on Sundays. Wednesday is our biggest worship service of the week. It's bubbling with young kids and middle and high school and their parents. Naming the things that are going on in this really hard world. And kids get it. And they're asking where God is. And our programs and ministries around faith formation are meeting kids where they are. And we're building that next generation of hope in the world. Ten percent of our annual budget, over $100,000, is given away to community partners like PRISM, our food shelf, Beacon Interfaith Housing, Mental Health Connect, Parenting with Purpose, Every Meal, and our work with Northport, just to name a few. This is work on the front lines around feeding and housing and walking with people through challenge and transition. And so the money that you give to Mount Olivet goes to these places too, along with a lot of volunteer hours from all of us is going there. We're known in the community, not as an insular church, just concerned with ourselves, but an engaged partner. We're asking questions around justice, around equality, to make this world a more just world and showing up to respond in the dailiness of how God's love is made known. Mount Olivet is a springboard to many small groups to connect, to continue to nurture our faith and connect in community. And also large events like Blues, Brews, and Barbecue. The 11th year this year to hold a big party here and all the money raised is given to our community partners to feed the community, community supporting community. We're involved with grants around community building and spiritual practices with Luther Seminary in St. Paul and St. Catherine's University. Pastor Kristen and her great gifts is building capacity for us to care for each other with visits and prayers and meeting daily needs when we can't on our own. We're leading in our community, getting to know each other in a deeper way, providing a lifeline, and you know this, 
through the joys and the hardship of this life, sharing the dailiness of what it means to be a part of a community where you belong, where you have a place to show up as yourself, and the community needs who you are, and you also have a place to receive what's going on in your life and to know that you don't do that alone. Mount Olivet is investing in community and proclaiming that God is here. And our call is to keep knocking, hey God, open the door to what's next for us. Your giving advances our mission and expands our impact. Your giving makes this happen and it will fund our mission and our priorities for the next year. The second door, you can't see through next. This door opens to a wider future beyond 2023 for Mount Olivet. A family at Mount Olivet has offered a legacy matching gift of $325,000 to be a starting point to pay off Mount Olivet's $1.1 million mortgage. Debt payoff is really important to this family, and they want their generosity to open up the future and not to be encumbered by debt. When I heard about this gift, that family didn't know at the time, and we did not know either, that there was COVID relief funds available. Mount Olivet has applied for and received $450,000 in employee retention credits, refunding the payroll tax that we already paid to Mount Olivet staff while we continue to be shut down. We said we're investing in the people who work here, even though church is different. This is part of the federal government's relief to small businesses and nonprofits refunding the payroll tax already paid. If you do the math, and Kira's gonna help show us, 1.1, 325 in a legacy matching gift, 450, leaves $325,000. By paying off the mortgage, we will eliminate a monthly mortgage payment of $14,000 an annual savings of $168,000, and over the life of these last 10 years of the mortgage, up to $1.7 million in savings. This is our part for each and every one of our families to contribute to make that 325 happen. How could we respond in a new way because we don't have this monthly debt to pay? Who are we going to partner with? How will we grow and engage in our faith? What does someone, another organization, people, have to offer us at this time who we just don't know yet? We're knocking Mount Olivet, and we're saying, God, open the door. And Jesus is teaching us that God will open the door and give us the Holy Spirit, the presence of God as we proclaim, as we act, as we learn, as we listen, as we become more aware of people's stories. We don't know yet what's behind that door. But God says, 
That's where you'll find the Holy Spirit, gifted to guide you and to help you as you move forward, imagining with you and working with you in what that will be. So here's the invitation for you, for us, for each family to invest an annual gift to open this door to fund the mission and ministry of Mount Olivet. If you are not giving yet, I invite you to start somewhere. It's a spiritual act. If you are giving, I invite you to have a conversation as a family. Are you able to increase? Things just cost more, as you know. And for us to continue what we're doing and do more next year. Money is the fuel of our mission. And the second invitation is for each of the 500 families here at Mount Olivet to offer a one-time gift so we can raise $325,000, receive that matching gift, add it to the 450, and pay off our mortgage. And the sooner we pay it off, the quicker we can save money and respond in the community. So at the end of this month, you will get a link and you will get giving commitment cards. You will let us know how much you're able to contribute both to the general fund and to the mortgage payoff. We want to be bold. Paying down the mortgage doesn't decrease the payment. We have to pay it off. And I know the stock market is not great right now, but we're boldly saying, what would it look like if we could receive funds by the end of March of next year, have three months of mortgage payments and nine months without? Today marks the beginning of these conversations with more information and conversations ongoing in the days and the weeks ahead. Giving to Mount Olivet and investing in what God is doing, it's not like paying for an activity or it's not like a store transaction. In transactional giving, you pay for what you receive. It's an even exchange. Investing in Mount Olivet and what God is doing in the world is transformational giving, trusting that God receives what we each get, give, and from that creates more than we can know or expect. The impacts and the ripples go beyond what we can know, funding the now and the not yet. And I have to tell you, every year, this is the case. You don't think the numbers are going to end up, and then something changes. No one family or person can do this. God is interested in all the gifts that combine together and blesses that and makes it more than we can imagine. What is so apparent Mount Olivet, is that we're eager, we're knocking, we're asking questions about the future. We're not surviving after a pandemic. We know there's a future, and it's different because of what we have experienced and endured, but there's still more. More people, places, and connections. A call to give and a call to receive, and for God's love to be revealed in the here and now. God invites us to be generous, and it's hard to give because when you give something away, you have to trust that you're still going to have enough to be okay yourself. 
And if we listen to Jesus' words and dare to believe that when we give and act on behalf of another, God promises that that gift will take care of something else. And God also promises to take care of ourselves and to do things that we cannot see in that moment. The only way to know if this is true is to try it and to trust that generosity creates generosity. I have to be honest with you. I had no idea that a 325,000 legacy gift even existed among us. That family stepped up and was the starting point. And then all of a sudden, the COVID relief funds came in. And with every knock, a door has opened. And I trust the generosity and the generosity will create generosity for God to open a door to all that will happen next year and beyond. We get to be a part of this. We are called. We get to do this. And we get to contribute our prayers and our hopes to knock what we've been given, and God promises the door will be open and we're going to receive the Holy Spirit to lead us. Let this be so. Amen.